what worked yeah. five, ten years ago. Yeah, I graduated five years ago and apparently rice is out the door. And I'm like, what 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 are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And I'm like When did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm like if we don't rice, what are we doing? Like <laughs> yeah. So I think it's important to stay on top of it because it makes us better clinicians but but better people. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I agree with you, people I've I've come across a lot of followers and therapists when Medicare cup cuts happen or are announced, they're very nervous about the position of mm-hmm. their job. And and they always ask me, Marjorie, are you nervous? Like I'm not nervous because one, there is no way the PT field's gonna thrive without us because PTs are up to here with evaluations. <laughs> they're not oh, gonna yeah. have time to see follow-up visits. The PT field needs us, but you have to advocate for yourself and your field if you don't feel like you're valuable, a PT and a company, an insurance company and a patient won't see you valuable either. And that's why mm-hmm. they're doing these cuts. We're not speaking up that we not only have a degree, we also have a license to practice and be the right hand man or woman by a PT. And I think mm-hmm. this is where we need to start making some noise. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Uh, Today's guest is Margie Wynn. Uh, Margie is a physical therapist assistant from Virginia. She is a home health PTA, but she is also a content creator and the owner of not just a PTA Instagram account, um, as well as Therapy Talk Thursday podcast. Um, Margie and I, we we talk about all kinds of fun and interesting interesting things today. Um, Margie and I kind of dive deep into some of the the gaps that she noticed in the field, um, which kind of therefore inspired her to create the content that she does. Uh, Margie also is a huge advocate for PTAs, for physical therapy, and for pay transparency. We talk a lot about that. Um, So much stuff that you can learn. She is definitely here for you as a PTA. She's here for students, um, PTs and PTAs alike. Um, You should definitely check her out on Instagram, not just a PTA. Check out her podcast, Therapy Talk Thursday. We will make sure that all of that is linked in the show notes as well. Um, But welcome to today's show with Margie. Here we go. Hello. Welcome, Margie. Hi, Haiti. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for agreeing to join um, and talk to us. You and I have been trying to get something together for quite some time. I was really, really hopeful that we would have gotten a, a chance to meet up when I was in DC for House of Delegates. But as most times I go to any APTA event, I always assume I have more time on my hands than what I actually do. I, I didn't have that much time on my hands. It's okay, no worries at all. And we are both very busy people. You're a very busy person too. Um, so I'm really excited that you took some time out to talk to us today. I'm um, super excited to hear about all of the things that you have going on. So if you don't mind, will you go ahead and give a brief introduction to our audience of who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, Thanks again for having me on. I've been uh, watching your platform grow and I'm very excited for this this interview today. Um, My name is Margie Wynn. I am from Virginia, born and raised right outside of Washington, D.C. I'm a physical therapist assistant. I mainly work in the home health setting now. Been a PTA for five years and been in home health for about four out of those five years. I had some previous outpatient um, setting experience, and I, I guess, own or the creator of not just the PTA on social media, and mainly on Instagram, but I have um, uh, Twitter, I'm not very active on, (laughs) TikTok, still learning, and Facebook, it just links with Instagram, but mainly you'll find me mostly on Instagram, where I post a lot about a day in my life. Um, advocating for PTAs, um, answering questions, whether it's from Mm -hmm. students or new grads or anyone interested in home health. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was a student, home health was not a rotation that was offered um, Mm -hmm. for my clinical rotation. So I think it is like kind of like that mystery, uh, like what is home health? And there's a lot of questions and 
and myths that are mainly based on fear when I talk to a lot of clinicians mm -hmm. that want to transition to home health. So I help them navigate those questions and decide if that's a setting that they want to go into. Um, a, bit a big advocate for salary transparency. And I think home health helps me do that because it's one of the higher paying settings. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, you are 100% correct. I have worked in PTA education for quite some time, um, specifically in clinical education. And you're right, um, home health contracts are really hard to come by for students. It's kind of um, it's kind of a gray area, like what that looks like and each company's a little different. Like there's not those same, like, I, I wanna say hard and fast rules as in your brick and mortar, mm -hmm. um, you know, places to go to. So I agree with you. I think that it's, it's a huge gap that our students don't necessarily um, always get the, the opportunity or the chance to see. And that's sad to me because in a couple of years, a lot of students are going to be heading into that type of a setting or looking into that type of setting. So I think what you're offering is something that we really, 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 really needed. So I'm excited about it. Um, so good job. Well Thank done. You. You're, you're doing awesome. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the whole reason why I started this podcast was because I wanted to highlight all of the things that PTAs do aside from being just a PTA, right? So um, this ties perfectly into the title of your um, Instagram content um, being more than just a PTA. So if I were to ask you the question, what makes you a PTA plus? What kind of things would you use to fill in that blank? How would you finish that sentence? I would say I'm a PTA plus I'm a big advocate for the field, um, specifically for PTAs and student PTAs. I'm uh, I don't want to say a content creator because I feel like there's like this weird uh, notion behind being like you know like uh, I don't know social media famous or anything like that. Um, I am a mentor or a resource for PTAs that couldn't find other resources, uh, specifically online slash social media. When I was a student, I didn't find a lot of PTA resources online. It was mainly catered to like mm -hmm. DPTs, which is fine, mm -hmm. but like it's a little different as a PTA. So I wanted to like have a platform for that. Um, I am... Uh, also a podcast producer. My podcast is Therapy Talk Thursday, and I bring on um, a variety of clinicians, but mainly PTAs to come on and tell their story. I truly believe everyone has a story to share. Mm -hmm. um, just because, you know, you're a PTA doesn't mean that we have the same background or the mm -hmm. same work experience or education experience. And I think it's important because um, even if one person relates to you, I think that's the connection that we need. So we're not so alone in the field, um, especially when times are tough, like, you know, with Medicare cuts or mm -hmm. um, feeling lost as a new grad or going into a clinical rotation you're really not comfortable with. I think hearing other people's stories, um, sharing their experiences helps make that connection and helps make us grow as a field and just have colleagues and networking experience that, hey, yeah, I remember Katie or like, you know, I remember Margie talk about this. And I think it helps us, you know, in a way change the field instead of making it so black and white, we have a little bit more of a connection. Agree, agree. And I think um, especially that year after we graduate, you know, I learned so much in that year after graduation and sometimes when I say that to students, they're like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me I've been through a two-year program and did all of this and I still have more to learn? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Yep. But that first year, like everything starts to mesh. And I think that that's what's so amazing about what you're doing is you're giving that, that real life um, scenario for the students. You're showing them that, that I think what you said was the good, bad, and the ugly, right? Yes. Like you're showing them all of those things that are kind of scary that maybe they haven't like had the chance to touch or feel yet in the field. And you're offering that through your platform. And that's important. Yeah, I, I love, I'm very like, I'm not a big like uh, edit or A and B person when it comes to technology. So like what you get 
Like if, if I record myself, that's what I'm posting. All the ums, all the buts, <laughs> all the brain freezing. Um, I think it's important for people to see your authentic self. Everything's not a filter. Everything's not always edited. We make mistakes. Um, and I think it's also important for us to share the, the bad and the ugly side of our field because social media has a very weird, um, I guess, representation of everything's just perfect and it's unicorns and rainbows and, it, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think before people get into physical therapy and then with my um, specialty is home health, you really want to know the ins and outs of it, the pros and cons and decide for yourself if this is something you want to do. Um, I get a lot of questions from students in the program, especially during when COVID was at its peak, mm-hmm. if it was even worth for them to finish or continue applying wow. for PTA programs because they heard about the Medicare cuts and they heard that there were a lot of layoffs and, and furloughs that started with PTAs when it came to the mm-hmm. PT field during the pandemic. And I think it's important to always um, give an unbiased opinion, but give all the pros and cons, give all the points and let the person, everyone's different. What works for me may not work for you and vice versa. You know, um, I think you mentioned to me, you, you have a family and kids. I, I don't have anything to tie me down. So for example, travel would have been very realistic for me because I can just get up and go, which was an option mm-hmm. I was looking at. But for somebody that's very established, have, you know, a kid or two or three, that's not very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to bring on people to share their story, to be like, hey, this is the pro, this is the con, and you decide. And, and I love I love getting messages from followers, you know, trying to ask me a question. I think they want me to tell them, like, should I do this? Should I do this? I'm like, no, I need, to, I need you to tell me, like, what do you want from yeah. this? Why do you want to do this? And I help them kind of walk them through that. So I think it's just very important for us to show all sides of it and and start seeing some changes in our field. And maybe that will lead up to like the legislation changes. I, I love it. Um, I love your raw honesty. And I think that that is something that um, it's important. I think it is missing. I mean, do you feel like that was some inspiration for you to kind of start the platforms that you have was it because you saw these gaps or missing information like how how did that kind of like spark for you I felt like when you first let's say you first log on Instagram and you type in physical therapy because you're interested in the program or you're you're a PT and you're trying to find other people to connect with it's very exercise based a lot of PT pages so exercise and then a good chunk of them show education and I feel like for me I thought I had to be very proper and I had to have my hair and makeup done and I had to sound a certain way and I found that when I uh, didn't code switch when I didn't try to make an impression people interacted with me more there were more comments there were more dms versus when I'm like you know like my good morning America face uh, people were like you know they liked it but they really liked me you know like you will hear me cuss mm-hmm. on my social media you will <laughs> have a, a mental breakdown because my schedule fell apart and I think uh-huh. these are realistic or I show you know when you have a medical emergency when you have to call 911 that that's very intimidating and overwhelming okay. yeah. and I mm-hmm. share with them why um it's not it's not PT the physical therapy does not change in any setting a knee is going to bend and straighten no matter if you're an outpatient sniff or home health it's the other stuff that goes around it. And you have to decide if you're the type of person that can deal with this stuff mm-hmm. or you need somebody that, and that's fine. You need to find somebody that you need to have teammates or colleagues right next to you so you can bounce ideas off. So I think it is, I think people like me being honest because mm-hmm. then they can decide for themselves if this is right for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really appreciate the the information about being unedited. Um, I think when I, I first started this, and of course, I'm still like really, really new <laughs> to this. I, I I think we're, this is like maybe the seventh or eighth recording that I've done. So like, I mean, I'm still very, very fresh to this. Um, but I think there's only been two episodes that anything was actually removed from. And it was because there was like an actual like, like my internet shut down and we had to cut out like 
15 seconds or something. And then one time a guest um, started coughing. And so we cut out that little piece of it. But Mm -hmm. like, truly, like, this is me, like, you're Mm -hmm. getting the real me, you know, Um, this is, I hope what you would see if you and I were sitting down and talking to each other um, Mm -hmm. over a cup of coffee. Um, I try to make it also um, as real as it can be. But I know I had a lot of fear and anxiety about that at first too. Like, um, you know, how, how, how much do you share and, Mm -hmm. and what do people really care about? And, um, but there's a point where I'm like, well, you know what, I'm going to start it. It's going to be maybe ugly at first. Um, There's going to be some hiccups. My internet kind of stinks. I live in the middle of nowhere. Um, So, you know, this is just kind of like the real me. So take it or leave it. But I agree with you. I think that people enjoy the raw honesty. They enjoy the unedited version of us. And it is, it is what it is. We are who we are. Yeah. I think we just live in a world where there's there's just a lot of Kardashians, right? Like you turn on the TV, you turn on your social media, everything is filtered and edited. You have to look a certain way and sound and talk a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think that as long as you get the information or the message out there, I don't think people care what you really mm-hmm. look like. And I don't think they care about the delivery. They just want the straight facts and tell it them mm-hmm. to them directly. Cause a lot of times we don't get that in the real world. Everything is like sugar coated or beat around the bush. And I think, I think you're doing great. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. And I think it's also like people like watching somebody grow. Like, you know, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. they can always, I love it when, uh for example drake is a very big artist now i think he's like best named best rapper in the world or something like that but i remember drake when he had his mixtape and i think people really like like i knew margie when she had like 10 followers like i knew katie (laughs) i saw her on her first episode i remember who that guest was like i think people really like that to see the growth in it and that they can Uh stay they were there with you from the beginning or they followed you from the beginning. I think people really, really like that. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that I've tried to be pretty um, transparent with, um, you know what people I'm kind of learning here. So just hang on, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it shows that we're not perfect. I'm only five years into my career and I still don't know everything and that's okay. And I think I try to, really emphasize on that like you won't know everything whether Mm -hmm. it's in pt social media being a Mm -hmm. content creator like everything every day there's like something new just like medicine just like technology and you just you just grow and pivot with it um but i think when people especially students and new grads see that we also struggle they Mm -hmm. they feel a little less pressured and the imposter syndrome drops a little bit and i think that is very important for us to address because our, our field's very competitive to begin with. The programs are very rigorous. Um, you know, there's only X amount of seats every year, every semester. So it's one, very hard to get in. It's a very, very intense program. It's very expensive. And I feel like they don't know how to like that. You can breathe now after graduation mm-hmm. just a little bit. They have to like always be on top of their game. And there are some days I am, and there are some days I'm not. There are some days I am still Googling what these medications are or, you know, what cranial nerve seven is because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not in neuro. I don't know. And I don't remember. And I will, I remember to always share that because you're not going to always remember and you're not always oh, no. going to know. And that is nope. okay. Nope. You got to know your resources. Um, that's one thing that I'm constantly saying um, to students is know your resources, know where you can find stuff. You're not going to have all the answers. Um, be comfortable with asking questions to other people. Um, surround yourself with people who have knowledge and, um, you know, that's going to help you become a better person. And I think that um, when I when I look at your your title, not just a PTA. So, no, we're not just PTAs. But I think that if you become stagnant, you can become just a PTA. Mm -hmm. And that's when you stop learning, when you refuse to learn more information, when you refuse to change and seek new knowledge, you might be just a PTA or just a physical therapist or just a nurse or whatever, you name Mm -hmm. it. Um, But that's when you stop seeking new knowledge. That's when that happens. And that's what you're demonstrating is this continuous flow of, well, this happened to me today. This was new. Um, And that's what people are seeing from you. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. With We are lifelong learners. And that doesn't matter what field you're in. You don't have to be in PT. You don't have to be in the medical field to be lifelong learners. Like that, that's exercise for your brain. You're always supposed to learn something new, a new task, a new way to do something, a new hobby, trying something new, get out there and, you know, just just trying something new and exploring something new, I think it shows growth and it shows that we're we're evolving. We're not supposed to remain stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think like um, I I I think this is varies by state, but like for Virginia, we're required to renew our license every two years. Those come with continuing education requirements for a reason. Mm-hmm. What worked yeah. five ten years ago? Yeah, I graduated five years ago, and apparently rice is out the door. And I'm like, what 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 are you talking about? <laughs> You know, and I'm like, when did this happen? Yeah, like we don't rice. What are we doing? (laughs) So I think it's important to stay on top of it because it makes us better clinicians, but but better people. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I agree with you, people. I've I've come across a lot of followers and therapists when Medicare cup cuts happen or are announced. They're very nervous about the position of Mm -hmm. their job. And, and they always ask me, Marjorie, are you nervous? Like, I'm not nervous because one, there is no way the PT field is going to thrive without us because PTs are up to here with evaluations. <laughs> They're not oh, going to yeah. have time mm-hmm. to see follow-up visits. The PT field needs us, but you have to advocate for yourself and your field. If you don't feel like you're valuable, a PT and a company, an insurance company and a patient won't see you valuable either. And that's why mm-hmm. they're doing these cuts. We're not speaking up that we not only have a degree, we also have a license to practice and be the right hand man or woman by a PT. And I think mm-hmm. this is where we need to start making some noise. You know, I think Amen. it's very similar <laughs> to physician assistants who are now, I think they changed the name to physician associate because they are the right hand man or woman of a surgeon a doctor of that nature we can do the same but we gotta we gotta work together you can't just be like okay here comes some cuts and just and just take it and deal Mm -hmm. with it you know because then yeah you will be obsolete because somebody else gonna step in that's willing to do the work Mm -hmm. you know that's willing to go the extra mile you make yourself irreplaceable by picking up these skills by doing continuing education, picking up a language. I encourage people like you should always try to better yourself, not just as a person, but also as a clinician so that you're not worried about the next Medicare announcement mm-hmm. or, or any other insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that I can add to that. That was, that's awesome. <laughs> Advocate for yourself. Yeah. Show up. I mean, um, yeah, there there's some of us making noise, but um, it's not enough. Everybody has to to speak in a unified voice in order yeah. for us to be sustainable in the future. But I agree with you. I I don't think we're going anywhere either. Um, but again, we got to show up. We got to be noisy. We got to let them know we're still here. We're still valuable, and this mm-hmm. is why. And demonstrate it. Yes. And I like what you said about talking about mistakes because um, I tend to tell students about the mistakes that I made and sometimes they're goofy and silly but I think it it helps them understand that we're all human and we all all make mistakes we all make mistakes every day whether in the field or out the field and some hopefully are not any uh involve any type of safety issues and then we can Mm -hmm. laugh it off but you know if it is something that's a little bit more serious we take it as a learning lesson and I bet you you'll never make that mistake again because mm-hmm. you learned your lesson, and, oh, yeah. and I think that's important. Um, I think they said, "What is it? Experience and mistakes are the best, the best teachers." Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I, I have some funny stories. Maybe that that can be another episode. Is you know about funny stories about things that we've said or done or I would from. love that. <laughs> <laughs> Think, things not to say. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just follow definitely. my page. That's me every day. <laughs> <laughs> things not to say things don't, things you don't want to do but so um you definitely have your main focus on home health and you do some outpatient as well is that correct yes i have a one of my agencies that i contract for is outpatient um they have a, a clinic but they also do in-home um physical therapy which is confusing because to the you know average joe in-home physical therapy and home health physical therapy sound synonymous so, like, they sound, but it's just a way of billing 
So correct. The it is the same. I am in the home of the patient doing physical therapy. It's how it's being billed. Um, but um, I I enjoy home health a little bit more because of the autonomy and the flexibility I have. But I do miss outpatient. So I I get mm-hmm. to enjoy a little bit of both worlds in this situation. That's really cool. So what what kind of responses and reactions do you get from patients or coworkers when you're like, so I have this side gig and I'd like to to take a video or whatever, like, like what kind of reactions do you get? Like, are people like, yeah, "Yeah, that's cool. Or like, what are you talking about? So uh, it comes in two ways. So one, um, always ask the, the patient or whoever you're trying to film, like you're trying to do something for educational purposes. They, you know, nobody likes to be taken advantage of or exploited. Mm-hmm. So please be, you know, really respectful of that. Even if you're not showing their face, you know, you are in their mm-hmm. home. Just think about how you would want to be treated in your home. Um, so I usually um, ask first. If I don't ask first, I want them to see something. So usually it's um something has to do with gait or I want to show them that one side of their body is doing something and not the other. And patients may not be able to notice that until they mm-hmm. see it. So it's very helpful. I pull up my iPad and record. I'm like, look, this is what you're supposed to do. Look how far you're leaning to side bending. Look how far mm-hmm. your foot uh, is stepping in ahead of your cane or something like that. Or show them some of them, like especially my post-operative patients, want to see the back of their legs and how bruised they are, but they, they can't yeah. turn. So that yeah. is also another thing. And, and always ask before you post. Um, and um I'm an independent contractor, so I contract with a bunch of companies. None of my agencies have really said anything. They, uh, My page is public, so they can mm-hmm. follow or they can not. But um, they know what I do on social media. But I think they also know that I always ask patients. Like, they, they oh, hold yeah. mm-hmm. a higher standard. So they're like, you know, she wouldn't do anything dumb. Or um, I don't ever post my agency's name or brand or mm-hmm tag them um mm-hmm. in case something does happen i don't want their names tied and they don't want their names tied to this because it has nothing yeah. to do with them um mm-hmm. so most of my posts if it's uh with patients involved is an educational thing um mm-hmm. people really really like a, the day in my life series like they like the type of patients i work with um what kind of exercises I do because mm-hmm. I am limited. I don't get the the joy of having a clinic with all the equipment and machines. Mm-hmm. So they, they want, they're curious. And I think um, yeah. I like to make them and people really enjoy them because it gives you a little insight on like what I do, um, what my life looks like each day. And I think people really, really enjoy um, my time flexibilities, especially parents. Mm-hmm. They really, really like like that I make my own schedule. So um, let's say kids, you know, get on the bus by seven, eight. You can do that in home health and start your first patient at nine. They get off mm-hmm. school at two or three. You can go pick them up and mm-hmm. end your day or go back to work and see another patient and then head home for dinner. Um, and I, I don't have children, but I, I strongly urge people to look into home health if they are in the PT field. Mm-hmm. To this might be your thing if you want to be an active patient, be involved, and it doesn't have any conflicts. And just showing that side of home mm-hmm. health, I think people really like it. Yeah. Do you see that home health is just going to continue to grow? Because it, it seems to me that it has really grown significantly over the last five years. I mean, do you kind of see that projection continue? or? Um. From my personal experience, I was a full-time outpatient clinician when the pandemic started. Like March 2020, I got furloughed. However, I was a PRN home health clinician, and they were still going. We, but we were masked up, suited up. I looked like mm-hmm. a hazmat person coming into someone's home, but we were I'm still. Sure you did. Yeah, the the scale, like the um, census, was low because elective surgeries were limited. Mm-hmm. Um, at the hospital, but we were still seeing patients because most of our patients in home health are homebound. So they couldn't go out anyways, pandemic or not. So I I do feel like home health stayed steady in the pandemic and that's why they're booming now versus 
SNFs had to close, outpatient had to close during the pandemic, and now they're slowly kind of building back up. Another thing is I think home health where um, I say if people are moving, PTs and PTAs will have a job, will always have a job because of mm-hmm. it. Unfortunately, the inevitable is people are going to get injured and yeah. we mm-hmm. are needed for that. Um, I think home home health is considered subacute. So as soon as you have surgery or um, uh, any type of hospitalization, if you're not in going into rehab, you're going home and you're going to have home health. So I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and that's why, like, it's so busy and, like, they're always hiring. I think it's a really good thing, even if you do PRN. You'll stay busy if you just need a little bit of extra money on the side or on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Home health is open 24-7, Sunday through Saturday. Uh, <laughs> I have to work weekdays, but but there are, are people that only work weekends because they may mm-hmm. be involved in their kids' lives during the weekdays or they have a full-time job during the weekdays. Um, so I think it's just it goes hand-in-hand hand of how the hospital works and, and the doctors there. If they're busy, we're busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And something that you mentioned earlier is how passionate you were about pay transparency. Um, and I know that you've touched on some subjects that I think that a lot of people are very hesitant to touch on as far as like the transparency and how to negotiate. Um, what kind of sparked that interest for you? What, what made this a passion for you? I think I was just so upset when PTA shared their salary with me, especially an outpatient. I had someone, I, I still remember, in Pennsylvania, and he was making, like, in the teens per hour. Right, I know. I, the wow. same expression I had. And I'm like, and he, I felt like, um, I don't know if he was suppressing how he felt, because I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf and feelings, and but it felt like he was like, it's fine. Like it's low cost of living here. Like I don't need a lot. And I'm just like, okay. And then I think things changed when he got married and had a kid. And I'm like, this is not a livable wage. I'm like, yeah, it's not. <laughs> um, wow. yeah. And then I pose the question often and that, that those posts get a lot of traction. People mm-hmm. are here sharing their salaries or um, sharing what their first job was and how much they made and what setting. Because I think this opens up the tool. A lot of times I get messages like, hey, Margie, I'm a new grad or I'm switching settings and I don't know how much um, SNFs pay in Iowa. I don't either. I'm not the BLS, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, but I do mm-hmm. give resources I suggest you check indeed LinkedIn and the bls.gov site Mm -hmm. because they have data Um, but I think the best area you can get are your colleagues and your coworkers and your Mm -hmm. former classmates because this is up-to-date information it's Mm -hmm. relevant and I don't know where the stigma from not being hush hush and not speaking about transparency came from but I think mm-hmm. and, and I think now we live in a generation where it's a little bit more open to talk about it yeah. because mm-hmm. you need to know your worth. There's a reason why mm-hmm. white men get paid the most. There's a reason why Hispanic women get paid least. It mm-hmm. creates competition and it's not fair if you and I have the same degree and license and have the same years of experience and let's say the same con ed spe- specialties and, and certification. Why are you getting paid more? Mm-hmm. because you're a man or because you're white so I feel like I often stir the pot on social media <laughs> um, because I do pose those questions it is uncomfortable but yeah. you know what's more uncomfortable when you can't pay for your bills when you can't mm-hmm. feed your kids and student loans are coming back in less than two weeks <laughs> the payments mm-hmm. are starting yeah. I think yeah. that's and that's what you should be uncomfortable about um mm-hmm. And I urge people to um, get paid what they're worth. And, you know, as a new grad, you're like, I don't, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what Margie's saying. <laughs> but I'm just like, I think when it comes to salary, yes, it's scary. Um, but I feel like I don't know why the PT field people are so, I feel like we just settle. Maybe it's because we do reimbursements from the insurance company, but like, when I 
had to ex to uh, exchange or buy all four new tires. The price is the price. You know, I had a, a Costco coupon and that was it, but I couldn't negotiate. I paid the mm -hmm. price. I feel like in PT, we don't do that. We're just mm -hmm. like, okay, whatever, whatever Kaiser gives me, whatever Anthem reimburses yeah. us, whatever Medicare gives us, it's just, we just settle. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of, I know cash base is really a hot topic in PT right now. Um, it doesn't work for everybody, uh, um, patients and clinicians, mm -hmm. but I think it's important that we need to be paid our worth. There's no way you as a practicing clinician with a license and a degree should be paid less than somebody that doesn't have a license. I mean, that doesn't even have a degree. Like I get sad when I hear that retailers, you know, sales associates at the mall make more than you. And there's, they didn't have to have a degree for that. They, you know, like what was your, mm -hmm. your first job or your high school job? You didn't need a degree for that. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like there's just some weird gray area that we're not talking about. And I don't know why, because it's not going to change if you don't talk about it. So I urge people I post often about it. People really like my end of the month story posts because they are excited to see like how much potential they could make at the home health mm -hmm. because I share how much I make down to the down to the penny. Mm -hmm. I, I think you may estimate what I'm going to make by the end of the year before I know, because that's how transparent I am. Mm -hmm. um, it's just important to me. And I think it's important for, for women and people of color to we need to be paid equally. Absolutely. I think, um, I don't think you're stirring the pot. I think you're sparking the question. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I don't know where the whole pay thing came from. I mean, I remember growing up that, it, that you didn't talk about that. And like your parents didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Like it was like hush hush and, and whatnot. But um, I agree. And, and sometimes it is so hush hush that I don't always know what to like advise new fresh PTAs like what what's normal in this area well i i'm not always sure and like you said especially when you go out of state i'm like i have no idea what happens outside of the state of ohio as far as pay goes um and it does you know of course change and, and fluctuate a little bit i think um apta just rolled out some some data about pay as well um so that's always a great place for people to go to um also for some some information about pay but yeah, it's, it's a conversation that we need to have. And um, I think it's one that you're, it's okay for you to spark that conversation because it's not always happening. Mm -hmm. And um, we do need to have these important conversations about what's happening with pay and transparency and, and equal pay. Yeah. And I, I know I, that, um, oh, go ahead. Continue. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying, thank you. And I agree. I think it, it's hard. Um, it is a hard thing to talk about, just like religion or, or weight. I, I would mm -hmm. encourage people if they're going to ask somebody in the field their salary, like definitely have an elevator pitch. Be like, hey, I'm looking to transition into this field or this setting that you're working in. And I was wondering if you would be open to talking about salary. I don't really know mm -hmm. what the ballpark is or can you give me a range? I think if you ask for a range, People are more willing to talk to you versus like, mm -hmm. what do you make right now? Right now, yeah. Katie, what is the, mm -hmm. the dollar yeah. amount? I think that's like, it, it does, it's not like you feel attacked, but like they, they get a little caught off guard. Yeah. Um, I think you just have to be strategic with your language um, mm -hmm. and, and research. A lot of places now are posting their salary. Um, I am like, when I look on job boards, I really, really like Indeed. Um, mm -hmm. I think State of New York made a requirement for them to post all jobs need to have a salary next to it. And that's fair. You can't advertise you have competitive salary if you don't post it. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, what does that yeah. mean? Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. yeah, exactly. So I think these laws and changes are important. I do hope that it spreads across the board for all 50 states, um, because then then we'll really know. Um I also encourage people to have regular and regular is whatever definition you take of it to have regular conversations of raises or contract renegotiations. I would say anywhere from six months to a year is regular for me. Um, some people it's yearly, some people it's every month, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but I think mm -hmm. the more you ask 
the worst you, they can say is no, we can't give you a raise right now. And you didn't lose anything. But mm-hmm. if you don't speak up, there's potential that you could have been making more. And that would really suck if this whole time you could have made 20% more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. It, I, I do. I don't know where the job lies. I don't know if it's in the schools, at home. I don't know who's supposed to teach you how to salary mm-hmm. negotiate. I don't know, YouTube. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it, it is something, you know, like I try to make points on. Um, there's a lot of great like HR or semi HR people that I follow on social media and they, they give good pointers. Um, mm-hmm. I would say my best tip for you when it comes into walking into an interview or or asking for a raise is apply for jobs online that are in your field and in your area, just so that you can get some information, data collection, and you have proof. Hey, you know, I would like to ask for a raise because of X, Y, and Z I've done the past year, but also your competing company, company B over here is offering me this much, or they're paying PTAs this much. Mm -hmm. Have the proof. Um, and And maybe it will make some companies open their eyes and that they're they're definitely underpaying us but they're also overworking us and that's that's mm-hmm. a major reason why I left the outpatient field full time. Hmm. Very interesting. You're coming though prepared. Yes. And, and I think that that's the underlying message there is um it it's different if you just come and say hey I I want to raise. You're having people prepare themselves to, to demonstrate why they need that raise or why they should or why they deserve it. And the things that they've done to, to establish their, their value, the things that they've done to establish their experience, their expertise, um, you're bringing something to the table um, with those kind of conversations whenever you are talking to people about how they can negotiate and how they can talk to their employers about that. We're not just showing up saying, hey, we need a raise. That would be great, uh, right? That would I, be right? so yeah. easy, a cup of coffee. Hey, can I get a raise? That'd be great. But yeah. here you we go. Have <laughs> conversations. We have to, you know, we got to put mm-hmm. our big girl and big boy pants on. And, and we have to, I always tell people, closed mouths don't get fed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, you know, um, so it, it's your choice. You know, I mm-hmm. can definitely give you some tips. I can show you some resources, but I'm not going to hold your hand during your interview process mm-hmm. or, you know, like you have to speak up on your own. And I think the more assertive you are and the more um, just prepared you are, I think you have a better case. And, and I think oftentimes women, um, sometimes when we're, we're never assertive. We're bossy or we're demanding. We're Assertive is not a vocab a lot of people use, but I, I do push. I urge people to be bold, be assertive, because that, that's what that's what you're going to get what you want. And if they can't give it to you, you need to then pivot and think, do I want to stay or should I go somewhere else where mm-hmm. I get paid more for mm-hmm. my same work? Yeah. Self-assess. And maybe maybe that's OK for you to be in the position that you're at, even though it's a little bit less because that's what works for your your yeah. family situation or your home situation or Absolutely. whatever it is. Um, but definitely do those self check-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, maybe six months to a year, you kind of have to stop and reestablish where you are, assess what's going on. Um, I mean, I do that with my car insurance. <laughs> so like, yeah. why wouldn't you do that with your life? You know, right. I, I do check-ins with every other aspect of my life. So mm-hmm. how's the career going? Yep. Is this where I want to be? How does this look in the future? Yeah. Self-assess. Like yeah. I'm learning. And, and, and let's say let's say they do say no, which there's a 50-50 shot they're going to say no. Ask them, what would it take or what pointers can you give me for when we revisit this conversation that I am guaranteed a raise next time because mm-hmm. I've worked here for X years or mm-hmm. I am certified in X, Y, Z. You know, like mm-hmm. they'll probably have the answers for you. Like, do I have to take up a leadership position or what is it going to take? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you'll have you'll have your answer and you'll work towards that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a goal. Yeah, I love it. Great. Um, so five years ago when you graduated five years, right? Is that what you said? It's been five, five years. years. Since so did you imagine at any point that you were going to have, I think the last I looked was over 5,000 followers. Like, 
what is this what does this feel like to you what what do you what do you hope to see not just the pta become in the future in therapy talk thursday like um yeah you're, you're definitely right five years ago i was very small <laughs> i was like i think the followers were like my boyfriend at the time a couple <laughs> of friends from the pta program and random probably bots or spammers like <laughs> i was no one on social media and, and I, I do i do humbly still feel like i i am still little like i am still like an infant in this social media world i'm still learning things um i didn't expect it to blow up it really blew up at the pandemic because we were all at home we couldn't go anywhere and everybody was on their phone and i think that played to my advantage because i would go on instagram live weekly and started their what is now therapy talk thursday podcast there and um people liked it it was like you're watching tv or you're talking to colleagues um you could relate to them and i, I think mm -hmm. people really enjoyed it but they were also forced to do nothing but stay at home <laughs> so um yeah i think it has pivot from being like a social media page to a community um mm -hmm. people daily reach out ask questions I, I love getting dms people asking me questions and, and i think it helps me grow as a person because i'm a very direct type a person and it's gotten me to kind of step back and give things from an unbiased uh standpoint um make people question and ask themselves versus me you know kind of mirror back and be like well why do you want to go into pt or why do you want to go into acute care um instead of hey margie do you think i should i'm not i don't have an eight ball i'm not a genie <laughs> um i really didn't like my acute care rotation so i would give a biased response yeah yeah but i always share if i have an experience i'll share it if i have mm -hmm. a resource i'll share it um but i think it, i do hope that we as ptas can grow together i would love to see more people that are PTAs on social media representing, and it doesn't have to be all PTA all the time, 24-7. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It would, yeah, it would be nice to see more, and I think I think my page helps that. Like, people have been like, I want to start a PTA page, too, and I'm like, great. You're going to be in for a very long ride, and it's going to be very rough the first year, and just, just like with anything else, working out in the gym or anything, it, it's discipline. It takes time. There's going to be mm -hmm. days and weeks where you have no interactions or followers. Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's going to be weeks it spikes. Uh, I'm sure like with your podcast, you see all the little logistic graphs. I'm like, uh -huh. I'm yeah. on Anchor, the Anchor app, like they'll show you, okay, today you had 20 listeners and yesterday you had two. <laughs> so it's, like, it's like a roller coaster. Um, yeah. I would say if, uh, um, I do it because I, I like connecting with people, whether it's in PT related stuff or just out in the real world. I, I like connecting with people and I like connecting people with people. I love mm -hmm. that I can be like, oh, you're interested in public floor? Hey, do you know this PT? Did you know this PTA has this page and I can show it to them and be like, go ask them you know, yep. and make that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. Um, I hope that we grow more as a community i'm hoping that maybe apta will give us more of a spotlight or more attention um i don't know what that looks like but i'm just hoping there's more of a space for us like how they have like the students the power mm -hmm. the uh, uh dpt students and then they have dpts and then they have pts i'm like why not have like a student pta section or how can we urge for more pta presenters at Mm -hmm. um conventions or yeah. um what is the advanced proficiency look like in terms of career and salary mm -hmm. if you were mm -hmm. to pursue that because i'm i have questions about it too um i hope that in five years i'm not signing petitions for medicare changes every year <laughs> um but i will <laughs> because i have to yeah um, yeah, yeah. I do hope that we are looked at a better in a better lens as equals um, mm -hmm. and not some type of weird hierarchy with DPTs mm -hmm. because I don't feel like the other fields do that. When there's a doctor, you have the adjacent is his PA, 
or his NP. It's never down here. And I and I hope people have a better understanding of what PTAs do and who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not glorified techs, <laughs> and we should not be paid like techs. You have a degree and license for crying out loud. <laughs> um, just for a better sense of community. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's what I would like to see. I don't necessarily um, know that's through my platform, but I'm hoping that through my platform, more people come out their shell and, you know, speak up. Um, maybe you're not on social media. Maybe you're with Katie on Capitol Hill. You know, like that. To me, legislation is not my strong suit, but I really like connecting with people online. Mm-hmm. I really like meeting up with people for networking, where it's your monthly APTA state meeting or happy hour or um, at um, conventions. So that's what I hope. Absolutely. All good things. And I'm going to echo what you said about um, more PTAs being presenters. Um, If there's any PTAs that are listening to this right now, I know for a fact that they would love to have more um, PTAs present. So submit your abstracts, um, do that for CSM, ELC, any of those big, um, your state ones. I know Ohio, um, they're great at trying to get PTAs to present and speak. Um, I I feel very blessed that I live in the state of Ohio. We have an amazing association and it took years to build that. Um, So please, if that's something that you're interested in doing, go ahead and put your information out there and at least try. Um, We need more presenters at those kind of um, uh, events that are physical therapist assistants. Definitely do it. Yeah. And we need more PTAs and leadership roles. And I don't mean just at APTA, but also like I want to see more PTA CIs. Mm-hmm. I want to see more PTA faculty and staff in the PTA program. You know, like mm-hmm. it makes yep. sense for you to see the outcome of what you're doing in in your program. Um, I, w- I want to see more of that um, because a lot of it, a lot of these positions are PTs and that's fine and that's okay and that's great but how mm-hmm. cool would it be for PTAs to be the head of the programs for PTAs mm-hmm. to be a lecturer for PTAs mm-hmm. to run for office you know um this is where we're going to make change you know Everyone, absolutely yeah the, the the client the patient care stuff is great you know we're always going to need clinicians but i think where we make changes is for people that have a passion and desire and a voice to speak for those who may be a little shy or don't know what's really going on. Um, and, and I definitely encourage if you are interested, but you just don't know where to get to start or how to get started. Like, for example, if somebody's watching this or listening to this and like, yeah, I think I can present, but I don't, I don't know. I don't even know like what I could do. Like, I think it just starts with you want to. Because that that makes a big difference. You want to, and then when you ask, the information is going to come. Someone's going to come and help you, guide your hands. You'll network and collaborate, and that's it. Just starts with a want, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's where a lot of us. It's like I don't have the time. I'm like, do you want to? Yes or no? And then we pivot to what your needs are. Um, because Absolutely. and if you don't want to, that's okay, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But like, if I feel like a lot of people back out they have so much desire and urges and they have such strong personalities that they step back because they're afraid or because they don't Mm -hmm. know how to and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna tell you this right now someone that's on social media every day i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) some days you guys will see me my hair is in a bun i'm drinking my second cup of starbucks i'm trying to figure (laughs) out which way to take to avoid traffic we don't know what we're doing but you know Mm -hmm. just being out there and being present i think it makes a big difference absolutely i love it um and i'm someone who's been in the field for oh my gosh i'm afraid to say this now it's been it's been 19 years oh yeah so it's been a little while but i can tell you in those 19 years when i first became a, a, a pta when i first became licensed I did not see a lot of opportunity for PTAs. It wasn't there. It wasn't something that I was seeking. Um, it's changed. It has changed so much. And we're, we're finally starting to like make that, we're, we're getting around the curve, okay? Um, so we just have to continue to keep pushing. And um, I love that you're encouraging PTAs to get out there. And like you said, this goes beyond APTA, right? This goes beyond our own associations. Um, having PTAs in leadership roles 
across the healthcare board, maybe even outside of the healthcare um, settings, you know, in those leadership roles, that's where we're going to expand. That's where we're going to continue to grow. Um, so I'm excited for PTAs that graduate and start their career right now because the, the field is ripe for those leadership positions and opportunities. And it's time for us to kind of just take it and run with it. So. Yeah, uh, and my last convention, the one in San Antonio in 2022, a lot of these leader posi leadership positions, they need to pass the baton, you know, <laughs> like we have a lot of members that are, that are older that are ready to pass the baton. So we need someone to pass it to and don't be afraid. There's so many nice people that um, you just ask, you know, hey, I want to do this, but I don't know how, and they will like give their all they're like okay they'll give you literally the perfect list hand it on a silver platter and walk you through it no matter what it is whether it's a, a setting change a career change you want to apply for a leadership position you want to volunteer um you want to you know come to present it it's i think the help is out there but mm -hmm. you have to you have to speak up just like with everything else you gotta, yep, speak you gotta up. show up <laughs> yeah Great. Okay. Well, how about you go ahead and end us with your um, plus point? Is there some wise words of advice that you would like to leave the audience with right now that you can share with us? Something you're you're wanting to tell us? <laughs> sure. Um, I I guess I'll give two points. One for like students right now because it's it is a new semester, <clears throat> new school year. And if you are not panicking yet, you are you are not in the right spot. <laughs> You're supposed to be very overwhelmed right now and stressed out. And guess what? So is the rest of your class. <laughs> uh, we have all been there. Um, it's probably been a, maybe a month or close to a month into your program. Um, You're not supposed to know everything. You're not. Don't worry about the board exam. Um, I know a lot of people express to me like they have like um, like ADHD or anxiety. Control what you can control is, and that's today's lecture, today's lab, this week's practical. Just focus on the present and you will get through this. Um, I think sometimes we're so overwhelmed about the future, we're not focused on the present and that's how we don't succeed or pass. We're so worried about things next year, next month, next week, you know, after I graduate. No, focus on the assignment, the task at hand. And then my second tip is for new grads. I know right now it's a little weird coming out of the pandemic. I know there's been spikes and stuff. And COVID was not, uh, it was not friendly to the PT field. We, we, had, we, hit a, we got hit hard. Um, with burnouts and layoffs and, and COVID itself, you know. So I would say to you, don't think that your education was any different just because you were a COVID class or a pandemic program. Um, use that to your ability. Some of you are very, very fast online. And I thought I was up to date with, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm a little tech savvy. No, you guys, you get, some of you had hybrid classes some of you had online classes and use that to your advantage you know maybe telehealth might be um an option for you to look into whether it's for me i would be lost like i'm over here very nervous when it's our weekly teams meeting i'm like okay did i press the right button am i still on mute um i would say use your strengths to your advantage don't worry about what the classes before did or the pta last year, next year, five years ago, 10 years ago, what skills or experience they have. Your experience starts after your graduation. This whole time we were just preparing you in the program. The first two years after you graduate, you're still learning. You're still a novice. You're still a newbie. You, you're still soaking in it. It's like one big, long clinical rotation after graduation. Your first job's not your forever job and it's okay to leave get your foot in the door and pivot. It's be it's easier for you to have, even if it's one month of PTA experience down and apply somewhere else, it's a lot harder when you have no experience and you're fresh out and you're being, you don't have as many opportunities because you don't have that experience yet. 
So just be, be patient and give yourself some grace. You made it to the finish line. And this is, this is where the real life experience starts. Yeah. <laughs> awesome advice by Margie. We really appreciate that. Can you remind our audience one more time where they can find you and follow sure. you? Yes, you can find me at not just a PTA spelled out, no spaces, no exclamation points or, or any punctuation, not just a PTA. I am mainly on Instagram. I do have a TikTok, uh, um, Facebook and Twitter, but you will find me most active on a daily basis on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your wise words of advice. Um, I know you are only five years out of school, but man, you are making waves and I can't wait to see where you go in the future. So thanks again. We thanks, really enjoyed thanks having you. Thanks for everything. Thank you for having yeah. me and thanks for everything you're doing. I think this is going to be great. I, I've tried to delve into YouTube. I'm a little nervous because again, editing is not my forte, but I think like, I think we need this, you know, so you can find PTAs across all social media no matter who it's from i think it's important and i hope the message gets out there for whoever needs to hear it absolutely thank you talk to you thank soon you. all right bye the pta plus podcast is hosted and produced by katie sutton in collaboration with pt podcast host and ceo jimmy mckay Thank you for listening to another episode of the PTA Plus podcast, where the conversation is for PTAs by PTAs. This show is for educational purposes only and not intended for clinical decision making, while care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. Become part of the PTA Plus podcast family by liking, sharing, and subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you can listen to podcasts.